Love Talk Radio. This episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Gamers Inn, where adventure begins. Check out their website at gamersinlehigh.com. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. All right, welcome back to another exciting episode of Dungeon Callers Radio, and we're here. So, uh, unfortunately, Savart is out. He had something to do with one of his kids. We need to make it sound more exciting. He's on an adventure through the Amazon to track down a mythical item of religious importance to keep away from the Nazis. Oh, you, you got to turn on the mic. Sorry. I forgot to do that. Yeah. Hey, hey everybody. Yep. He will return next week <laughs> he when he has the mythical item. Hopefully he won't be like shot or run into like weird crazy pygmies or something like that. So uh with that said, um I know Scotty will be here shortly or hopefully will be here soon. Maybe he's on the line. There is a caller waiting, so uh, um Scotty, if that's you, send me a message. Um but tonight we have a great show. We have uh, Sean Carmen coming on talking about Thunderscape. Now, for those of you that don't know what it is, it's a campaign setting that hey, can be used in not only your Pathfinder game, for those of you that you know roleplay uh, that game, now they've just released a Kickstarter that's going to be in the Savage Worlds, which is a really fun uh, game setting. I, I played it myself with my gaming group. Um, super fun. The only place I know where you can get a mad scientist that is German, that doesn't want anything to do with the Nazis, that is a demolition expert and always, for some reason, ends up butt naked and burnt to a crisp because um, he, he just doesn't do that well in his demo, demolition rules. Um, Yet it sounds exciting. It, it's so fun. I mean, it, it was really, it was fun because, I mean, in that game, you know, like I said, we were against the Nazis. We had one uh, guy that was playing this crazy uh thrill seeker acrobatic person that always ran off got us in more trouble than it was worth uh another guy was playing um a chinese a young chinese girl that was like 14 that had telepathic powers that could rival jean gray and then i was playing like this weird constantine like guy that was in the occult and magical and if i resurrected a 4,000-year-old mummy. That was awesome. Nice. Um, and then we had the demolition doctor, German doctor guy that always lost his clothes. I don't... It was the weirdest <laughs> thing. He always lost his clothes. It was almost like, you know, when Bruce Banner is no longer the Hulk, you know, like okay. in Avengers and he wakes up butt naked. 
Okay. It's so kind he doesn't just like to party. No, he just doesn't purpose. strip his clothes okay, off. Okay. It's just suddenly something <laughs> blows up and his clothes are no longer on him because they were burnt and you know uh, he nice. we have to treat him and yeah it, it was the weirdest thing. Um, then we had another guy that was the general always had had tons of money. It was lots of fun. And then we had a, the crazy cowboy, which you know was the guardian or the guy that watched over uh, the daredevil. Right. It's not a game without the cowboy. The cowboy was awesome. I, I will admit that. Uh, Andy did an amazing job playing the cowboy. He had the accent. I mean, we would say something, and he's like, listen to me. That don't make no sense. And if you don't shut up, I'm going to shoot you. I mean, just something really simple. And it's like, what the heck? These are Nazis with, like, machine guns aimed at us. I don't care. <laughs> They're not making no sense. It's a simple kind of life. Yeah, it, it, it definitely is. Pretty cut and dry. So, uh, really exciting, and I, I want, I'm want. i excited to see how the Thunderscape uh, setting goes in this. So, I'm going to pick up this call, and uh, we'll get moving, and then we're, we're going to talk about uh, Geek News, Master of the Geeks, lots of lots of fun stuff. So, um, let's pick this up. All right, Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Is this Sean? Yes. Hey, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, uh, we talked to you at Gen Con, and you guys have just kind of released this out uh, with to run on uh, Paizo's Pathfinder system, and now you got a Kickstarter so that it can be out on Savage Worlds. Yep, yep, we're we're very excited about that. We just launched it on Sunday, uh, nice. going pretty well so far. Yeah, I I saw a post where uh, three days in, I think it was what, what Wednesday, and you guys have already reached half of your goal, which is awesome. Wow. Yes. You know, and it's uh, it's it's Kickstarter is, um, you know, it's a fantastic tool. Of course, it's not quite uh, the same environment it was back in uh, 2013 when we had our first one. Um, so I, I'm I'm still pretty happy with uh, with how it's going so far. So I'm I'm uh, optimistic that everything's going to go well, and if we're lucky, we'll we'll hit a few stretch goals. Nice. Now, for our fans out there that missed our interview of you at Gen Con. Uh, can you kind of explain uh, what Thunderscape is and the world of Aiden? Certainly. Um, well, Thunderscape is a, uh, to my mind, you know, I've I've loved it since I first discovered it in uh, about 1995. Uh, to my, you know, when I first encountered it, it was completely unique, um, and it was originally a setting developed for a couple of uh, PC games uh, put out in the mid 90s, and from there they made a couple of novels and West End Games produced a couple of source books for it, which is how I discovered it. But it's just this amazing world where uh, magic and science exist, uh, you know, separately, running parallel to one another, and they were never really able to overlap. And so everybody who could do magic would do magic, and everybody else would work on, uh, you know, increasing technology. Uh, so the world was on its brink of its industrial revolution, and then they discovered a way to, to marry the two, magic and science, together into this unique art called mecha magic, which is one of the most powerful forces in the world. And uh, everything was moving along swimmingly, and then there was this, as yet, you know, no one yet understands exactly what happened. Ten years before the game starts, there was this uh, supernatural cataclysm called the Dark Fall, which basically plunged the entire known world into absolute chaos. And now, ten years later, people are still trying to uh, to, to drag themselves back out of all the, the horror that was visited on them when that happened. 
Um, and to me, it was just, it was, you know, when I first discovered it, it was right in my wheelhouse. You know, it had, um, you know, it had fantasy, it had steam technology, which was fairly uncommon in games at that time. Uh, it had the post-apocalyptic element, you know, there's aspects of horror. It was just, it was everything I wanted in a game, and I knew immediately it was, you know, that was, that was going to be my setting of choice. And then in 2012, we finally managed to harass uh, Shane Hensley. Uh, the guy who developed it uh, in the first place to sell us the rights, and so we kickstarted it. We've released the core book uh, in February of 2014 for Pathfinder. We have 13 source books out for it so far. And the one thing that people have asked us over and over again is if we were going to uh, support it for Savage Worlds. You know, the the connection with Shane Hensley was already there, and so so yeah. many people have asked us about it that it uh, it just made perfect sense to us. So uh, that's what we're doing. Nice. So how is it being able to, you know, create and play with this world that you love so much? I mean, obviously that passion is there because, you know, several decades later you're like, we have to make this into a role-playing system. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. That's got to be we, super uh, gratifying and exciting. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's it's amazing. Uh, you know, it it's we started trying to uh get the rights or to try and locate them and figure out who had them to where we could get it in uh, back in 2000. Um and everything just worked out perfectly because honestly, if we'd been able to do it, if we if we'd pulled it off and gotten the rights in 2000, we were not, you know, my my partners and I there's no way we could have done anything with it. You know, we just didn't have the skill set necessary. We didn't have the, we didn't know the right people in the industry and things like that. And so, you know, it, everything happens for a reason. It just came about at the right time. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was able to, um, to get together some people that I've, I've known for years now that I've worked with in the gaming industry and that I know these are the kind of people that I want to work with. These are the kind of people that, uh, that, that have the right kind of mindset. And it's just been incredibly gratifying. Um, you know, just, Every every book, you know, I keep expecting it to turn into work at some point, and it's uh, it just hasn't. It's it's amazing and it's fantastic. And every every book that we work on, I think, oh my god, this is the best book we've ever done. And uh, and then up and until the next book comes out, right? I just uh, I I can't get enough of it. I've, if it would uh, if it would pay the bills, I would quit all my other jobs and do that exclusively. But uh, I try to be a realist about something. <laughs> for now, it's yeah. uh, for now it's a uh, um, it's a spectacular hobby let's call it that so. all right I, I completely understand where you're coming from you know if the show only made enough so that i could quit my day job that would be awesome <laughs> yeah. as well I, I love doing this so i understand exactly where you're coming from uh you know and i do have to admit you know this is a really fun system um or excuse me campaign setting uh, you know, you kind of have a little bit of everything. You've got the coolness of you know the mech stuff and the magic and the science, where you know with like traditional D and D, you just got magic unless you go up into like modern day or future stuff, and you can you know you can pick up their their modern or future books, but it doesn't mesh together, and it seems like Thunderscape has that perfect mesh. Well, it was. I mean, that's that. All credit where credits due. You know, to uh, to Shane Hensley, that's what it was designed to do from the very get go. And uh, I think that's why my friends and I uh, fell for it so hard when we did back then. And uh, that's what—that's the same kind of spirit and the same kind of uh, uh, versatility that we're trying to make sure people can enjoy today. I, I have always felt that um, it simply didn't find its audience um, when it yeah. was first released, or maybe it was just before its time back in the 90s. And so uh, it is my privilege to uh, try and try and bring it to that audience now. So I'm, I'm enjoying it very much. 
Nice. So how is the, the mechanics going to differ from the, the D20 system that Paizo uses to the system that Savage Worlds uses? Because, I mean, those are really different mechanics. They are. And originally, uh, our intent, uh, one of the stretch goals for our original Kickstarter was to have just a simple conversion guide so that you could play in different systems um, if you preferred that to Pathfinder. Uh, and we used uh, Mini 6, which is a, a system I'm, I'm very fond of, and my... Uh, my employers at Allrack Entertainment Group allowed me to use the, the roll and keep system to put out a, a conversion guide for that. Um, we had uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Luke Martinez, put out a, a fate conversion for us. And I looked for a while. I went through several different people, but I finally settled on this guy that I met at the convention, Mark Swafford, um, who was uh, active in the Savage World community. And uh, he agreed that uh, that he would, uh, you know, he, we, we contracted him to do it. And he, we contracted him to write 5,000 words. And then, you know, when the due date rolled around, he was like, well, I've got a little bit of a problem. And I thought, well, okay, you know, maybe he needs a little more time to finish or whatever. And I was like, so what, what's, what's the deal? And he, he had written uh, 50,000 words uh, instead. Uh, he just got <laughs> caught up in the in the moment, as, as many of us have when we've been doing that kind of thing. And so we decided that was obviously, you know, between the people asking about Savage World and that, that was clearly a sign that uh, that we needed to do something a little bit more aggressive with it. Um, and so, you know, it, to, there were some instances where we were trying to convert things mechanically directly, and after a while we all just kind of stopped and looked at it and said, you know what, let's, this is not going to work. Let's, you know, we can't be beholden to Pathfinder. If, you know, Savage Worlds is fast, furious, fun, and that's exactly what it needs to be. And so we tried to uh, to go to the very back to the the essential themes and spirit of the game and make sure that everything uh, matched up nicely. So we uh, we had Mark and another gentleman named John Beatty that was recommended to us by Jody Black at Pinnacle Entertainment, uh, and we've been working on it ever since. And I I think I was not really familiar with Savage Worlds too much when it started out. Um, you know, so many people kept asking about it that finally I had a, a friend that, that knew the system. Well, it was Mark Swapper, as I mentioned before. He came and ran a demo for the, the guys who run Kyodai Games, and uh, it was a lot of fun. And we thought, you know, I, I absolutely understand why people want to want to play in this kind of uh, play in this kind of system. I mean, we didn't have a, a German who kept losing his clothes, but I mean, you can't have everything <laughs> right off the bat, right? So, um, yeah. but it was a lot of fun, and so we made sure that we found people that knew what they were doing and it could do it justice. Uh, as a designer, my first impulse was to dive in there and try and do it myself, but I felt like as a newcomer to the system, that would not be the, the, the smartest way to do it, right? I needed some people who were who had a experience with Savage Worlds and knew what they were doing and previously published and stuff. So Mark and John were, were fantastic people to work with. We're still working with them. And uh, depending upon how the Kickstarter goes, they'll be uh, heading up several of our um, – we're going to convert several of our other source books um, to make them available, make the same material available so that, you know, there's no reason if, if you decide you want to back the Savage Worlds Kickstarter, you know, hopefully sh very shortly after it concludes, you're going to have a wealth of uh, support materials available to you. Why not, right? Let's just get right in there and, and have a good time. Yeah, I mean, that's really exciting. Now, you're you're also doing something a little bit different as well because with the, the the first one, you guys printed books. This time you're kind of going on more of a print-on-demand de type uh Right way about things. Well, there's uh, we we I, I did not know a tremendous amount about print on demand when we started. Um, I our original books were published through a, a group called Taylor Publishing, which I met through my work at AEG. Um, but in the year since we released the core book, a little more than a year, 
uh, we've worked very closely with Drive Through, and I have just been Drive Through RPG. I have just been yeah. incredibly impressed with the quality of their services and the speed and everything that that, that they can offer. When we upload books, you know, I, they show up at my house within a matter of days, and they always look amazing. Um, and and ultimately, what we're doing is by the way we set up the stretch goals, uh, or I'm sorry, the pledge levels, the backer levels, it saves the backers as much money as we can, right? I mean, uh, depending yeah. upon what level you pledge at, you're going to get um, the the book, a physical copy of the book for less than, you know, what the cover price will be when it when it's finally done and the Kickstarter's over. Um, and that's just, you know, we, if you're going to help us get out the door with the Kickstarter, we feel like we need to give you as much as we can in terms of the, the product and the, and the quality that we're, we're passing on to you. So we want to make sure that we make it as attractive as possible. I mean, I know there's a lot of people out there who are have been burned by Kickstarters, and they want to they want to wait and make sure that you know that they'll, they'll wait and catch it on retail or whatever. And I understand that I've been burned on a Kickstarter too myself. But I, you know, we want to make it as painless and uh, and reduce overhead for people as much as we can. Nice. I mean, I, I'm just looking at Drive Through RPG. Uh, I mean, they are a great place to go through. Um, you know, just looking at like the the Thunderscape Lost Lexicon Part One that you guys have, you know, you can get the PDF for fifteen dollars, or if you want a soft soft cover colored book, it's only twenty one ninety nine. I mean, that's not a huge difference, and that's a that's a pretty decent savings. Um, or you can get is, both, right. and, uh, you know, for thirty the, bucks. Uh, well, yeah, and the pledge level actually, what it would do is instead of you won't be paying the cover price, you'd be paying the the actual print price um, yeah. uh, with your pledge level, so you could, will be able to buy a print-on-demand copy for it. For example, Lost Lexicon 1, I think the print price is around $9. Um, so, oh, wow. you know, for the for the $5 above what you're paying for the PDF at the at the Kickstarter level, um, you're saving, uh, you know, on that book in particular, you'd be saving $12, $13 uh, from the cover yeah. price. Um, and, and you'll know... Plus, it's a known quantity. I mean, a lot of people, you know, a lot of gamers have gotten books in drive-through before. They know what they're getting. Uh, you know, they they can trust that the shipping is not going to be delayed. They can trust that it's going to come to them in a timely manner. Um, you know, it, it reduces a lot of risk, I think, for uh, for people that want physical copy of the book. Uh, and as somebody who's backed a fair number of Kickstarters myself, I appreciate that. I wanna when I'm buy when I'm buying something from somebody I don't know, I like a little assurance that I know what I'm going to get there that's going to be what I'm paying. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and drive through RPG is great. Um, I use it all the time myself, too. Uh, it, I have never been burned by this company. I mean, no matter what. Wow. They've, they've yeah, always yeah. delivered on time. Uh, and, you know, most of the time, you know, especially like, say you're getting a PDF of a book, the second you hit done, it's available. I mean, you don't have to wait or right. anything. It's right there. It's to download. And the books come fairly quickly. Uh, I, you know, yes, it's, yes. So, I mean, it's that's a great opportunity there, and especially if you're um, 10 bucks for a book. Yeah, it's so strange. It seems yeah. like it would be more expensive yeah. to print on demand than it would be to get it wholesale. You know what I mean? Like buy a bunch, buy in bulk. Right. Well, and also it, it, it can save a tremendous amount on shipping because the shipping is determined from wherever you're the, the closest printing facility is to you. Like I live in uh, southeast Tennessee, and they have um, the Lightning Media, the company that drive through uses, uh, mm-hmm. has a facility near Nashville. So I usually get, if I order something, I usually get it within two to three days tops. Um, a friend of mine ordered some of our 
uh, print-on-demand Thunderscape books from, uh, he lives in Thailand, uh, and they printed in a facility in London, uh, and he had them within a matter of a couple of days, and it was a lot, I mean, you know, it's still London, the Thailand's not free or anything, but no. it was a lot cheaper than it would have been if he'd shipped from the state. Yeah. That's incredible. That's really cool. Yeah. I mean, they have a great model. Um, and not only that, you, I mean, you guys have quite a few books, supplemental books besides uh, the original core books just for the Pathfinder uh, right. rules. So if you guys can convert these for the Savage World, wow. I mean, that's that's going to be lots of fun. Um, yeah, we have uh, we have several um, freelancers. We've been we've been you know quietly farming out a little bit, looking for people that are interested in conversion work, and we've had uh, a reasonable amount of interest from people that are familiar with both systems and are interested in the work. So hopefully, if we uh, if we hit the goals we're looking for, we'll be able to. Um, I mean, we're going to do them eventually, regardless. Um, if we hit the stretch goals covering those products, then we'll we'll you know pull the trigger on it immediately, and then hopefully the people who um, to it back to get the product, we'll have everything within uh, within a matter of a month or two. I mean, we'd really like to. We learned a a lot of <clears throat> excruciatingly painful lessons from our first Kickstarter, um, and so our goal is to try and make sure that everything from this one is uh, is done and wrapped up within uh, by the end of this calendar year, um, just to avoid you know people having to wait on things, which you know is frustrating for everyone involved. Um, and we just—that's not the kind of business we want to be. We want to make sure that people understand, uh, you know, that they're—you know—when they buy from us, they're getting—you know—we we, we appreciate their business and we treat them accordingly. Nice. I mean, that's that's a great model. Now, so the Kickstarter is successful. You're able to find mm-hmm. people that can do all the conversions. Where are you guys going next? I mean, we talked to you at Gen Con just last August. Here we are, almost. Almost a year later, and it seems like you guys have exploded, really. Well, we, we've we've tried to be. I mean, it's uh, the gaming market is not as big as it, it once was, so we're we're trying to make sure that we are uh, aggressively seeking out people that are interested. Because again, we we really feel very strongly that uh, that Thunderscape is just an uh, amazing place to set your game. Um, we don't have any plans for additional um, systems. We've talked a little bit in the past about things like uh, 13th Age, and we've had a lot of people ask us about Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition and things like that. But um, you know, we don't want to we don't want to bite off more than we can chew, overstep our overstep our reach. You know, so right now we're just focused on continuing to produce quality Pathfinder merchandise and and trying to get uh, Savage Worlds out there as well. And then once that is established, then we'll we'll have to look at what. Uh, you know, what else we feel like we can accomplish and go from there. Okay. So, I mean, Pathfinder is a great system. I mean, D20 is almost accessible through anything. And, you know, Savage right. Worlds is another great uh, game system as well. So, all right. Well, I'm I'm not going to complain. I, I enjoy both <laughs> systems. So, well, so Scotty, do you have score? any questions? Um. You know, I looked over the reviews on it, uh, and I thought it was an incredible system put together very well. Um, I was kind of curious of where you got your uh, inspiration for the uh, the insect guys. I can't remember the, what they're called. Oh, the Olympics. Yes, they are really cool. It, it kind of it's a character that I would play. I was just wondering where that came from. Well, the Olympics were, uh, you know, part of the property when when it first was created. Uh, you know, they were present in the original 
um, the second video game, I think, fairly prominently. They were in the novels and the other books. They were mostly antagonists um, back then. But when we decided to, you know, when we started work on the Pathfinder thing, my, my main mechanics guy, my friend Rich Wolf, you know, he, he felt really strongly that we needed to, just right from the start, we needed to make our mark and kind of push beyond what simply, you know, we didn't want to just regurgitate what had already existed, right? We wanted to, uh, we wanted to expand and, and, and broaden our horizons. And so he took a shine to the Olympics and uh, decided that's uh, one of the w- ways we would go in terms of having a playable race. Um, and actually, I've, I've been in a couple of different um, play-by-post campaigns, and it seems like there's always the bug guy. I don't know. There's, there's somebody always wants to be the bug, um, which I find entertaining. I don't know why, but uh, just because, you know, that's one of the things that we, we really felt like we kind of took and made our own about the setting. Um, the core book was, was a lot of, of the amazing work that, that Shane Hensley had done that we had taken and reinterpreted. And then I think that's part of why I have been enjoying the source book so much is because that's that's stuff that we've you know we've we've left behind what was and we're starting to make all new things that we've always wanted to do with the setting and now that to, just to see them in print and see them in PDF and see people playing with them and enjoying them it's it's hard to describe it's amazing. Well, I mean it's it's very cool. It definitely piqued my interest. I, I'm ready to play. Well, all right. Live come on down, so we can do it. It'll be great. <laughs> well, we'll be in right. So if you guys want to come by to play, we'll uh, we'll set up. A, we're going to have a table in the in the booth. We can uh, we can run you a game right. in the booth. All right. Awesome. Well, I mean, I, I'm super excited. So the Kickstarter runs till when? Friday, June 19th. Oh, okay. So there's still plenty of time for people to jump on. Good. Uh, everyone, run out. You know, fund this. Uh, just because it, it is super fun. It's really exciting. Um, I have had the Pathfinder uh, rules since August, and I mean, I've read through them. It's super fun. I just haven't been able to find a group to sit down and to play it. You know, you got, yeah, it's, you got uh, the fun guys. The only drawback to, uh, to parenthood, right? The only drawback to parenthood is the, oh, yeah. the yeah. Uh, sudden disappearance of leisure time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I used it, to game it, it constantly in college. It definitely drains and disappears. It goes somewhere. I don't. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my kids are getting I'm old enough. Uh, I'm trying to convince them to start playing, but yeah, it, it's not working. Video games still rule in their minds. Oh yeah. So. Now I've got a, I've got a, a little, I've got an eight-year-old uh, boy, and he loves his video games. But he's coming with me to Origins this year, so we're gonna see, uh, we're gonna see how that goes. Nice. That should yeah. be fun. Yeah, I have an eight-year-old, too. I'm hoping and praying that I can get her into role-playing games. I think it would be a lot of fun. I'm trying. i got a couple more years, though. I think, I think, yeah, I think probably 10 is a, probably a better time. But, the yeah, sweet spot. Like, yeah, it's really sad how you have to, like, manipulate your kids to fall in love with these things so that you yeah. don't feel guilty. I now have an excuse to play again. Are you mm-hmm. having a blast? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I tried it with my kids, and um, my my oldest son invited his uh, his friend over to play. Yeah, it was a disaster. Oh, no. They died the first <laughs> encounter. They were fighting two oh. goblins and died. Oh. Uh, you know, wow. their poor their poor friend. His poor friend's like, I'm I'm I go charging in with my sword, screaming, <laughs> and I'm like, no. And so he gets in there. I'm like, well, the goblins know you. 
And I roll and I roll a critical hit and oh, then no. max damage. He died right then. And my, wow. my son just walked in and was like, well, I'm dead. <laughs> Tries his best, but yeah, they both died. Uh, it, it didn't get life. any better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. At least they tried. They did. Yeah. Um, even after resurrecting him, his, his friend did not learn his lesson. He, no. he would yell screaming into every battle. A young yeah. male cried. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> well, you know, this is really exciting. Uh, please, everyone out there listening, fund this uh, Kickstarter. I, I'm a fan. I've enjoyed it, and I'm going to have to go. You know, make my contribution because I love uh, Savage Worlds. Well, thank uh, you. We'd love to have you. Now, I, I again, we're not going to have crazy Germans this time no. in, in my game, but who knows? I may have even better, well, uh, more exciting. No, I'm, stories. I'm willing to add an appendix if that will help. You. All right. <laughs> we have a we have a crazy German wandering around with bugmen. Yay! There you go. Yes. All right. Um. So if they just go out to Kickstarter, do a search for Thunderscape, or how how are they yep. going to search for that? Savage Thunderscape with an exclamation point. Because okay, of nice. course. Yes, and you guys have a website as well that they can follow you on, or social media. Uh, we have an active Facebook page, and we're on Twitter at World of Aiden, uh, and they can get uh, they can get a hold of us pretty much any time through one of those if they have questions or if they just want to talk to other uh, other fans. We've got all kinds of stuff going on. All right. Well, okay. Well, uh, we're gonna take we're gonna take a real quick moment. Um, we kind of like to do something different when we wrap up our, our interviews, and you can say yes or no if you want to participate. But we have a segment called uh, Master of the Geeks, where we ask our interview interviewee, uh, you know, up to ten questions r- r- of geekdom, and see how well you do. Uh, are are oh, you dear. game? Okay, I'm game. I hope <laughs> I don't disgrace right, myself. All right, well. <laughs> Okay, so uh, I'll let uh, Jessica, then Scott go, and then we'll, we'll just kind of... You got any questions? No? Yes? Maybe? Okay. I, I oh, guess no, I will I'm good. No, no. I will start the questions. Start. Okay, so name two films with a space western theme. With a space western theme? Uh, yeah. Serenity and... Uh, oh, Lord, I don't know. Uh, space western. Barbarella, I have no idea. I'm really reaching I think I, could, I think I could well I think I can maybe accept Barbarella. Okay. We'll we'll accept that. Alright. There's one down. Scott? Uh name two fictional characters who carry whips. Who carry whips? Uh Indiana Jones and Catwoman. Alright, there we go. Well yeah. Alright. Name the actor. In Star Wars, who wore the actual Darth Vader costume? David Prowse. Not the boy. Oh wow! Woo, there we go. There's three. Oh. Okay, he see He's you're doing, doing pretty well. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, two video games in which you must prepare a food or drink. Two video games in which you must prepare a food or a drink. Yeah. Uh, well, I've been playing a lot of Minecraft with my son. He was making a cake earlier, so I don't know. If All I'm right, there's one. Not. That'll count. Um, and then, mm, I don't know. I had a chef character in uh, Star Wars Galaxies years ago. I don't know if that counts or not. That will work. I will accept yeah. that. The whole time I'm sitting here, I wonder if he's going to say Tapper. That would be awesome. I love that game. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
I have All friends right. who would uh, who probably like to get your beats. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, you guys. We're, we've got four down. Okay. Let's see. And he's going through these pretty quick. I know. Okay. Name two Sith Lords from Knight of the Old Republic era. Two Sith Lords from Knight of the Old Republic? Uh, Darth oh, yeah. Angrel and Darth Malgus? Wow. Yep. Yeah. That, that, that works. Yep. All right. There's Bam. five. Scott. Uh, let's see here. Two tabletop game designers slash inventors. Uh, Kevin Wilson and um, Reiner Nizia. All right, that works. He could have even said his own name, and that would have worked. <laughs> All right, what is six? That felt vaguely incestuous. Yeah, that's okay. Um, this one's... Uh, I'm going to go with this one just because I'm going to like it. Name two Decepticons from Transformers. Soundwave and Megatron? All right. There's seven. All right. He's on a roll. He is on a roll. Okay. You guys got another one? I'll, I'll grab another one. All right. Let's see. Um, ooh, here's a good one. Uh, name four sci-fi television series from the 1970s. Oh, jeez. Uh, the 70s, Buck Rogers. Okay. Um, I don't know. Is that when Red Dwarf was on? No. Unfortunately no, not. Uh, I don't know. I was I was born in '74. I missed most of. Them. All right. Jack, uh, you guys got one more question. Yeah. Uh, two non-mutant characters from X-Men. Two non-mutant characters from X-Men. Uh, binary and Juggernaut. Yeah. Okay. Boom. Yep. That, yeah. ah. All right, so he's got eight out of nine right now. Okay, here's one. Uh, what town in Iowa is the birthplace of Captain James T. Kirk from Star Trek? It's a little harder. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I watched that reality TV show about that some years ago, but I yeah. don't remember what it was. I felt bad for those people. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. You know? It's Des Moines, is it? Well, or, or wait. Well, technically, if you go with the new Star Trek, he was born in space. He wasn't born in Iowa. All right. <laughs> to, uh, he was born to Thor uh, and uh, Cinderella's daughter, wasn't he? Yeah. Yep. I Chris Hemsworth and what's her name? And uh, Jennifer something. Yeah. But yeah. I will accept that. Actually, that's much better than the. That's that's better. <laughs> yeah. Say you got he, better than his Dad was Thor and uh, Emma Snow. Yeah, that's yeah. much better. And the savior. That's acceptable. All right. All right, we'll wrap that up. So you got nine out of ten because she's accepting that last answer. All right, <laughs> congratulations. You, you actually did better than you thought, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I'm gonna have to go sit down and uh, de-stress now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know, thanks again for coming on the show. Um, well, thank you very much. I, I, you know, it was, I wanted to bring you back on, especially when I saw the Kickstarter, just because I love the system. It, it is a great system. Um, I'm going to have to kick some people into finding a group so we can play this, just because it is fun. And anyone yeah. out there that hasn't jumped on to fund this, do so. Sean and his, his crew are, do a fantastic job. And uh, just support them. So, uh, is there we anything else? Thank you. Is there any last-minute things you want to say why 
our listeners should go run out and grab it, other than the fact that I just say it's awesome and they should anyways. Well, who who are they to argue with, Dan Swinton? All right, there we go. There we go. All right, there we go. <laughs> no, don't argue. Just do it. There you go. Okay. Well, thanks again, and uh, you know, uh, we'll see you at Gen Con. All right. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks Have a good so one. You too. Bye. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, everyone. That was Sean Carmen with uh, Thunderscape. Great system. If you haven't taken a look at it, just go out. You know, Drive Through RPG does a great job. Um, and really, it's not that expensive to go pick up a copy, even if it's just PDF. Uh, the print-on-demand looks really awesome as well, uh, which is a great, great option. Uh, I mean, I, I'm just looking at uh, at Drive Through RPG right now, and if you want to pick up just the player, you know, the campaign setting, you don't really want to uh, buy the book. It's it's twenty bucks. I mean, you get the PDF. Not really bad at all. Um, but if you're wanting to get the uh, the the book, um, you know, it's a little bit more than that. But really, it's not that expensive at all. I mean, most books, if you go out there, they're like what forty, fifty bucks now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you're getting a fantastic deal. Uh, so definitely uh, check out this setting. It's awesome. And uh, I can't say anything more about that. I mean. Yeah, you even heard what Scotty said. You know, he took a look at it and he thought it was pretty cool looking as well. Yeah, it sounds really cool. I mean, it's besides your traditional humans, you got the bug people. Um, you also have you can be playing giant tigers. I mean, cat people, and not only that, you can have a cat person with a bionic arm that has a laser built into it. I mean, how it's really cool stuff. So, all right. With that said, we're gonna take a small break. We're gonna play a song, and we will be right back. Hi, this is Ed Greenwood. You're listening to Dungeon Crawls Radio and Crawl Baby Crawl. If you come in contact with the infected, think of the idiot at the moment that can be
Ed are in the beach. Back to bike. That works when I turn the mic on. So that was uh, Craig Nibel, uh on the watch, and uh, I'm leaving uh, from Funk Toast. So uh, if you are just tuning back in, uh, we just finished our interview with uh, Sean Carmen, uh, one of the the owner and game designer of Thunderscape. Well, I guess not the owner. He owns the right. Well, I guess he owns the right. So yeah, well, uh, Thunderscape, which can be uh, currently, if you want to pick up the book, you can pick it up for the Pathfinder system. Uh, it's a campaign setting that you can play using the Pathfinder core mechanics and rules. Uh, but currently they have a Kickstarter on, going right now 
that is for the Savage World core system and rules, which is an, a great system and uh, one of my favorites. So I'm definitely going to have to pick that up. So, um, And with that said, we are back to full power because we have Scotty and Savart um, yeah! back with us. Hey, uh, how's it going, guys? It's going well. You missed the Master of the Geek. Uh, I, I, I held it a go. It uh, wasn't the same without you. It wasn't, but you it know, wasn't. Sean did fairly well. He got nine out of ten questions. Yeah, he did good. Uh, nice. We did give, we did give him the ninth one just because it was a pretty cool answer. It, it was an it awesome was, answer. It was incorrect, but it was it was cool enough. It, the it answer was completely <laughs> not the where you know. Yeah. Wasn't the correct like answer because it was asked you know where where. In was Iowa. yeah, where in Iowa was Captain Kirk born? Mm-hmm. And he didn't know. And I said Des Moines, but that obviously is wrong. And that doesn't surprise me because I'm not a Trekkie. Um, but you know, we did. Me- I did mention. You know, it depends. You know, if we go to the new movies, he was born in space. Technically, and then he's like, well, yeah, he was born to you know Thor and uh, you know that Jennifer. or Snow White's daughter. Oh, yeah. So, uh, which is true. That's true. You know, it was. It, and a lot, not a lot of people know this, but. Uh, the person that did play Captain Kirk's father in that first movie was Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. You know, even though he doesn't have the long hair right. and he's not super buff, it, it was Chris Hemsworth. I even had to go back and look at him like, oh, my gosh, it is. And then it's Jennifer. Yeah, I didn't her, realize it until you just said that. I, I completely didn't picture that. Yeah. It's just because he's his hair is cut short yeah. and he's very clean cut. He looked to me, the first time I ever saw the first star, or the new Star Trek, I thought it was Colosso. Yeah. From yeah, from X Men, and then I was like, no, not not quite. I had to go look it up, and I was like, oh, that guy. I can't remember what I had just seen him in, but he was he was not Thor material at the time. So. No, 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 but. no, no, no. <laughs> Jennifer Morrison, that's what yeah, it is. Jennifer, that's what I thought. Well, I keep getting confused because Snow White is by Jennifer Goodwin, you know, hmm. and so you got two Jennifers, even though. Jennifer Goodwin is spelled with a G I N. Jennifer, I would have to say, but um, that doesn't sound very good. <laughs> no, it doesn't. So, with that said, it's time for uh, geek news Woo! and some other really cool stuff. Um, so we, oh, did, yeah. you know, that was we did a great interview. Uh, again, if you haven't funded this, go fund it. It's not that expensive. It's really low. Plus, if you do fund where you can get a book, uh, like Sean was telling you. You can do the print-on-demand, but you're not doing it at the regular price. You're doing it at the print price, which would be for them, which literally is only going to be like maybe nine, yeah, twelve bucks. Yeah, it was like nine dollars for the print. Price. Yeah, it's amazing. So, which is going to be super cheap. Um, you know, the only thing that may vary on how expensive it gets is your shipping, depending on where those printing uh, locations are. Um, but with that said, it's awesome. It's pretty sweet. So, geek news. Uh, this is something I actually, since we were talking about Star Trek, uh, Paramount is talking about they want Star Trek three to be less Star Trekky. Oh wow! Um, I heard this. <laughs> what? Yeah. Wait, wait. I feel like the last two Star Treks were less Star Trekky. They kind of have been. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the A complaints that they've been. <laughs> yeah, they've been they've been less Star Trekky and more better. Um, yeah. but I think that's kind of what they're. I think Paramount wants to get away from that kind of Trekkie type feel, I guess, because that's the reason I like it is yeah, because it's too. it's less Star Trek. And I feel like Star Trek fans appreciate it too. I mean, I I don't I'm sorry, but I don't yeah. know one Trekkie that doesn't enjoy at oh, least the first one. I I know several that were not super happy really? with it, uh... but again, it's because you know 
I'm going to go off. So I had one person that didn't like it because he felt the wormhole was cheap. Yes, that's because they know that all of you guys would kill them if they messed up your universe the exactly. way you have it now. Well, exactly. <laughs> and I think it was a brilliant move. That's what we call insurance. Yeah, people. I mean, it was a brilliant move because that way J.J. Abrams could wipe the slate yeah, clean and move too. forward. So I think it was brilliant. I, def- I defend this to the death yeah. because that's exactly what we did with our film. Yeah. So uh, you know, and then you have the other people that were like, "Well, it what it's you know it's not Captain Kirk, you know it's not uh, William Shatner. Well, obviously it's not William Shatner. No. It's Chris Pine, which yeah. in my opinion, you know I know I know I like William that. Shatner was a Shakespearean, you know, uh, actor and mm-hmm. ha- has a lot of credit to him. Right. But I don't like him. No. You know, I, mean, I think Chris Pine did a much better job. He's slightly annoying. I'm he not is. gonna lie. Well and, yeah. and you can tell by the way Kirk speaks mm-hmm. that he has that, that Shakespearean background. Right. And I like the fact that Chris Pine isn't that way. He's not like space, the final frontier. Yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> space. We're kicking your ass. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're going out there. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. Uh, you know, I you know, I like that. You know, I like the fact that he was in the bar getting the crap beat out of him right. and he and he's like Aggressive. Yeah, and and yeah. he still didn't th- he still thought he was winning. Oh yeah. Even when he was laying on the table bleeding from every orifice. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean he brought bad astery back to oh, Star yeah. Trek. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it, yes. And no, Spock too. I mean, oh, and I do like the the way Spock was done. And granted, I know the audience is a lot different than the original audience when the TV series came out. You know, they could do a lot. They were, I mean, even that was cutting edge and kind of right. edgy at that time. Um, so, you know, when you have Captain Kirk and his shirt gets ripped off and he grabs a rock and starts smashing that lizard creature on the head, that was like, whoa. Yeah. You know, now that's like, you know, come on. Let's let's do something awesome. Well, I mean, if you think about movies like Napoleon Dynamite yeah. and um, Little Miss Sunshine, if the if it's dry the whole way through, at the very end, if something even slightly exciting happens, you're just blown away, mm-hmm. and it's an extremely exciting moment. Yeah. But if the movie whole movie is like rock and roll, Na- it's so much better. Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> I hate that movie. Um, there's only one thing in that entire movie that I laughed at and I thought was funny, but it's really morbid of me. And it and it's when the whole bus full of kids sees the old man shoot the cow. I thought that was hilarious. The only part in the whole movie I laughed. Oh my gosh! But the rest of it, I just think is dumb. Did you watch it once or? Two? Hey, I'm with you there, I man. I have seen it three times. I have seen it three times. I giggled the second time. Well, see, yeah, you know, and there's been movies where I've watched them like, you know, like Austin Powers. It took me five times to watch really? it, and now I own all three of them, and I think they're hilarious. Yeah, I love. But I the first time I'm like, what in the crap am I watching? Yeah. You know, well, with <laughs> yeah. But with, that's what type of movie it is. Yeah, yeah, but seriously, but what with Napoleon Dynamite, I'm just like every time I'm like, no, it hasn't gotten any better. Right. Yeah. Vote vote for Pedro. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Make it yeah. come true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, sorry, it's funny to me. That's okay. But yeah, no, and I mean. To be honest, like, a lot of people were concerned with Zachary Quinn being Spock. But, yeah. I mean, even, even I, mean, I don't know if you watched The Big Bang Theory. Oh, yeah. But even Sheldon was like, I was oh. wrong. He was amazing. Yeah. I mean, 
he did a really good job. I no, he, I, he did do a great job of Spock. Uh, and I think the whole cast did a great job. Even yeah. Simon Pegg as Scotty, which oh. I was like, no, 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 no. I think he did a fantastic he job. He was great. Oh, yeah. They did. Oh, and Carl Urban as Bones oh, is brilliant. I, it's Carl like, Urban, you don't expect. I mean, he. Let's be honest. He is a B-list actor. Yeah. In the past, he has been. I mean. Yeah. But when so I was kind of shocked to see them him in this at all. But he's always done the sci-fi thing, so it mm-hmm. wasn't too shocking. But yeah, he did such a good job. He brought. He was charismatic. He was funny. Well, I mean, I mean he was you walk in and you know his very first scene where he's like, you know, complaining about space and right. your eyes, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm just like, he he nailed the character. Yeah, he completely nailed the he character. Did. So, you know, just I have to just say congrats. So, um, so I know I know we talked about this uh, a few shows back, but Lego Dimensions has released their first trailer. For it, um, I don't know. We threw, I threw it up on our Facebook page. But Christopher Lloyd uh-huh. comes back as, and reprises his role as Doc Brown, where he gets his box yeah. and unwraps it, and he he builds his own the character of him, and then builds the portal. And yeah, it is awesome. You have to watch it. Uh, you, you hear great Scott and a few other things. You even hear, <laughs> you know, the very end is like, roads where we're going. We don't. Well, actually. I don't know what we need. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to say, wow, he looks really old. Yeah. Um, well, he is at Comic-Con. He is. I, he's the last time or the time before, yeah, the, and the, I caught a glimpse of him, and I was like, oh, wow. Well, and uh, Dan Wells, we had on here, uh, they just shot his movie, and actually Christopher Lloyd plays the monster, plays Old Man Crowley wow. in uh, I'm Not a Serial Killer. And so he got to meet... Uh, Christopher Lloyd. I mean, it was really annoying. Dan's a great guy, but we're talking to Dan. He's like, and Chris, I mean, just talking like he knows the guy. And Chris, not Christopher Lloyd, Chris was doing this. And Chris, but apparently there's an amazing scene he pulls off. Um, and I know he, he actually, because he's doing uh, Granite Falls, uh, the the BYU channel, oh, does, yeah. the TV series. So I know he, he's residing around here somewhere, right. I'm sure, when he's doing that TV series. So. Um, but yeah, Lego Dimensions is coming out. Lego is jumping on board. I mean, why not? Uh, you know, Disney Infinity. Uh, you got uh, Skylanders. Everyone loves Lego, so why not throw your Legos into your video game? Because those Lego games are successful everywhere. Um, yeah. I know. I'm playing Lego Batman Three. Yep. The funny I'm thing a- is, we have not heard anything about Skylanders this year. Skylanders, I so think, maybe is disappearing. Maybe will tell us. I, I really think Skylanders is going to drop off the face of the universe, to be honest. I've seen a lot of stuff on clearance recently. Yeah, Skylanders yeah. is on clearance. It yeah. seems like it's disappearing. Disney Infinity is getting larger because they own Marvel and Star Wars. I know, doing the Star Wars. <laughs> uh, I mean, come on. There is not much left. I mean, do you want to run around as a dragon or this weird fire elemental, or do you want to be a Jedi? Or do you want to be Iron Man? I yeah. Pretty simple, really. I really think I should, I should have <laughs> well, talked my kids into that way. I know. So. Oh wow! All right. So what else we got? Uh, as far as news. Well, Let's... my news for today is that you finally went to see Avengers. I did. Woo! We'll talk about that later. <laughs> we're gonna talk about that. And we're gonna we're talk about. Mad Max too, and right? we're gonna yes, we can talk we're about Mad Max, and we're gonna talk about. Uh, 
series finales for TV season. Oh, okay. Shows. Okay, all right. So, Holding on for Yes. Um, and uh, much more. So let's see. Uh, Chris Pratt has confirmed that he will be appearing in more Marvel movie- movies after Guardians of the Galaxy 2. So this could be interesting. Yeah. Seeing Star-Lord showing up. Um, yeah. And for those of you that didn't see the end of Avengers and stick around for that, you should have. There was something really cool there. The Infinity cool. Gauntlet. We got to see the Infinity Gauntlet finally. All the way to the end of the... Not at the very, very... Okay. There was nothing was at the all... The cre- correct. Okay, I was about to say, I Just before the-, the credits started. I saw that, and then everybody was like, oh, don't worry, there's nothing, there's nothing. There's and nothing we at the very end. To leave, but we finally did. I-, I stayed till the very end, there was nothing. Okay, good. Yeah, so you didn't miss anything out. So, uh, yeah. Let's see, and then... Let's see what it's... Oh, this is kind of an interesting rumor that's going around. Uh, so, Matthew McConaughey has been approached several times to be in a D, by DC and Marvel uh, to be in movies. Um, and he's always said, you know, he's been approached, he's considered it, but there's never been something that has sparked his interest. Um, the real reason he's kind of turned things down is because he likes playing a new character all the time. And when you get it, invested in something like this, you're playing that you know, he always questions, do I want to play that character again and again and again? Right. Um, however, it's rumored that he is up to play Norman Osborn in the new Spider-Man reboot, and I think he would do an amazing job. Huh. Be cool. The Green yeah, Goblin? Matthew McConaughey? Yeah, I think, yeah. This could be awesome. I know. I know how I feel about that. Just so long as he's not driving a Lincoln around. And he has his shirt on. Well, he's going to have a shirt on. Obviously. His shirt's going to come off. Shirt on in many films. Um, mud. Uh, yeah. Uh, many films that everyone else has seen. Uh, Sahara. He didn't. Uh, sure. Fool's Gold. That was quite an. He was ha- what in Fool's Gold? He didn't. He was ha- shirtless most of the movie. They're in the water. Okay. So, <laughs> so wait a minute. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I'm thinking the ones he doesn't have a shirt on. So reverse that. Okay. Okay, so there's lots of movies he, yeah, I can name that where he's wearing a shirt. Well, even the uh, first uh, Green Goblin took shirt his shirt off to go put formula in. Yep. So. Yeah. That that wasn't a great movie. Why? Why? Yeah, I didn't like it. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. So there are details now about uh, Martin Freeman's character in uh, Captain America: Civil War out. So, yeah. so he's going to play some sort of interrogator, and then he's also going to uh, return in Black Panther. Ooh. So he his character is actually going to expand. So um, that's going to be interesting. So he's, he's he it sounds like he's going to probably kind of be an Agent Coulson type of character, oh, but okay. he he more but he has a specialty in interrogating. So. Nice. Um, that could be really cool. Yeah. So, all right. That's cool. And then, uh, we've all, any other, you guys got anything else? Uh, I, got, I got something. Okay. The creator of Walking Dead, Robert Kirkman, yes. is going to be taking over and working on Transformer movie, the next Transformer movie. So, no Michael Bay? Can't. No, I'm not I'm with Michael. <laughs> oh, with Michael Bay. 
with Michael Bay. I think he's writing it, from what I understood. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. So we may actually have some character development in uh, Transformers. <laughs> we might. We might have a few characters. In Michael there. Bay will get rid of that. Don't worry. <laughs> I don't know. So I don't know if you guys saw this, but there was a a clip that was masterfully put together. Uh, yeah, how Transformers destroys all of your favorite movies. I saw this. It was awesome. It is hilarious. So uh, it has clips from all these different movies, uh, and a lot of them have to do with people driving in cars as the the you know as the Transformers are coming down and destroying. It starts off with speed. So you have Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock talking, and they're in the bus, and then you have that scene where. The one robot gets knocked through the bus and completely <laughs> obliterates okay, it. Okay, I need to see this. Yeah. Um, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it does. It, it is very well done. <laughs> yeah, it, it's really well done. It's funny. Yeah. And, I mean, my favorite part in the world is where you have uh, uh, Tom. Oh, man, I completely blitzed his name. He was in Top Gun for crying out loud. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Yeah, that's how I, I could care less about him. So you get the, my favorite part is when Tom Cruise is in the car and singing "Free Fall" and the boom, <laughs> the car just gets Jerry smashed. Jerry Maguire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's awesome. So Disney also um, talked about how they want to create channels fully devoted to Star Wars and Marvel nice. TV channels. Sold. Star Wars, yeah. Sold. Yep. For a while, though. So, could you handle this? Star Wars, 24 hours a day? Oh, my gosh, yes. Yes. <laughs> I could watch TV with the kids 24 hours a day. It'd be awesome. Can I just get my, my little thing at the back of my head that I just plug in and go to, you know, <laughs> like the Matrix? It'd be such an easy thing for them to do to have those two separate channels. I mean, you look at the amount of Marvel stuff out there with all the cartoons, the TV shows they're making, with Netflix throwing back on old episodes. You can throw those over to it. You can throw in the movies every once in a while. And same with Star Wars. There's so much to it now. It's just... I don't know. You could do... I feel like there's so much more Marvel, though, you know, over the years. There hasn't really... I mean, other than Clone Wars and... um, I mean, as far as... as who has more content? Marvel does Marvel, definitely. Absolutely. I mean, there's all of the old cartoons. Right. I mean, we can. I mean, we can go clear back to Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Right. Uh, and beyond, I'm sure. Right. Uh, I mean, that would be has really it, cool. Has Disney announced any other Star Wars spinoff shows for them personally, like for the Disney Channel? No, but I wouldn't be surprised if they hold off. Right. Until after the new Star Wars movie hits, and then we just get a flood of of different stuff. I don't yeah, know. That's true. Uh, I mean, Rebels is doing awesome. Oh, People are yeah. loving that. Gosh. I still haven't watched a single show. I know. Oh my gosh. I yeah. I we, don't have a lot of time. I'm, I'm just, we're just gonna have to kidnap you for a week and plug you into that, what that, you call the Matrix. That, I mean, that may have to happen. <laughs> like up <upload> all. <laughs> yes. I got uh, the spike. We can through the back of his head. That's right. Wait. <laughs> all right. Uh, you know. I, I want to see it. I really right, do. Right, right. I want to I watch Rebels. It looks great. Um, oh, they've done a great job with it from everything I've heard and seen. But the, the biggest problem is is time. I right. mean, really, because it's like I only have a small window, and it's like 
do I go watch Rebels or do I watch the latest Flash episode, an oh. Arrow episode, or Game of Thrones episode? Yeah, that's a horrible so, problem we're having, isn't it? I know. Just two shows to choose from. That's what's going to happen. Watch it with the kids when they're out of school. I, I'm telling you, all of your kids will love it. During the summer. Yep. Okay. Flash done. No excuse. Well, I, I will admit, okay, so my 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 one daughter, she's 11. Uh-huh. And we're like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna sit down because the new Star Wars movie is gonna. We're gonna spend a weekend watching Star Wars. She right. co- she's like complained about it. She's like, I hate Star Wars. Star Wars is stupid. Blah 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 blah. It was, and, and I'm like, and be- we're gonna have we're gonna have this little questionnaire, and whoever gets the most answers right gets a free. I don't have to do chore day. Right. And this this is a certificate you can use anytime. There's right. no blackout date. And some so that kind of perked up some of the kids. So we get through episode four, because that's where we started, mm-hmm. with good uh, Star Wars, not right. episode one. And so we're going day by day. And at the end, I'm talking her into bed. She's like, Dad. I'm like, yeah. She's like, yeah, Star Wars doesn't really suck. It's pretty good. <laughs> I'm like, sweet. <laughs> and of course, this is the one Thank that you. he's a geek. So I'm like, I've converted one. Yeah. Yay. Um, a couple more to go. Yeah. I mean, my other kids think Star Wars is cool. I mean, the lightsabers, the video—they love the video games, stuff like right. that. They—they're still confused how Hayden Christensen can turn into into Darth Vader, even Everyone though is still they watched him get his <laughs> arm and his legs lopped off, and he caught on fire, and they put him in the suit. They're still confused. Well, yeah, they say, how does this whiny boy well, become? It's well, not only that, <laughs> they're just so confused how he went from being a Jedi to. Okay, my master, I will go kill younglings. I mean, they were just like, "Whoa, wait, oh. when did he become bad?" I mean, that—that that is the one fly I have to say is in uh, episode oh. three. Is it's like, boom, he's bad. Yeah, and it's, it's because as soon as the girl got a hold of him, we all go bad. Yeah. yeah, that's true. There you go. Yeah, and that's what I kept telling them, but they don't understand because they're kids. Yeah, why <laughs> does a girl make a make him do that? That makes no sense to them. Because girls have cooties at that age. Yeah, women are um, tough, man. And to be honest, I, I I think that was like weakness in his writing for him to fall like that. You I, think? As quickly as he did, yeah, I think there could have been a little bit more. Oh, no, I was being sarcastic. It wasn't really that I know quick, though. I mean, he did go wipe out that entire village of sad people because he was angry. You're right. That's true. That uh, a peek into but the dark that, see, that was that was a tip. Okay, so but then you know there's a huge gap, you know, which is the Clone Wars. That we you know if you watch that series, there isn't a lot of bad, y- bad moments. No, so you would you'd think that that would be the perfect point to kind of see where maybe he he kind of tips a little bit in there, in and out where. I could understand if there was kind of this right. teeter-tottering back and forth, but we see this one moment in number two, and then we see this one moment in number three, and, and then it's then just like, to save my wife, okay, I'm going to turn to the dark side. Boom. And then I'm going to kill my wife. And then... So... Yeah. So the question comes then is, with Disney at the helm, do we want a reboot of the first three films? Uh, it won't happen. It won't happen, but... No. I didn't ask it if it was going to happen. I said, do we want it? <laughs> I would like to see one, because I know we'd get a much better actor, but my, I can't see anyone. I They'd have to redo everything and just get rid of Hayden Christensen and get someone else in there. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, yeah. Mean, I think 
I think that would change things. And then there's some key moments that they could have changed. Get rid of Jar Jar Binks. Um, yeah, run him over with a, a hovercraft or something. <laughs> but what okay. was it? Uh, how it should have ended, I think, where uh, Obi Wan Kenobi shoved him in front of the <laughs> tank. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, okay. So I went back and I watched Return of the Jedi, and let's face it, Wicket was not that valuable of a character. Really, he was kind of useless, much like Jar Jar Binks's character. But I have to say, even he contributed more to the storyline than Jar Jar Binks. I mean, let's honestly. He saved Leia. You're right, he did. That's why I'm saying he contributed more. Because if we look at Jar Jar Binks. He he actually did something. Jar Jar just tried to kill the Jedi. (laughs) Well, and and not only that, Jar Jar is the. If it wasn't for Jar Jar, the Emperor wouldn't be in power. Well, yeah. because he gave him executive powers. And never voted him. But wow. Boom. Okay, you've thought about this for I've years. I've thought about this for years okay. because I hate Jar Jar yes. so much. But I honestly believe that the only purpose that he has is to keep the children entertained. I think he is the one child character in that, because when my kids were very, very young, and you, they started you, you, watching you Star Wars, point there. they were more entertained by him and his goofy antics than they were by other people. Yes, you, you do have a point. Well, I agree. So I my kids, like, too. Yeah, and it's disappointing as a parent to hear that your child likes Jar Jar Binks. I'm so glad my kids don't. <laughs> my, not, my, all my kids think he's an idiot. Yeah. They're like, why is he traveling around with a Jedi? He's like an idiot. He like... Every you know, even three PO, which is a klutzy droid, but let's be is honest. not as klutzy as Jar Jar Binks. We all have that one friend. Yes, we do. <laughs> we do. Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> and if you don't, you are that friend. I have to. Uh, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, wait a minute. I, no, no. See, I have to go back. So you guys are clean and clear because if I remember right, I remember there's a certain friend of yours that tried to jump in front of a camera holding something and completely slipped and fell on his butt. I have video evidence of this. Oh. oh. <laughs> You're right. He's a charger. Everybody's got a charger. <laughs> you groan when he comes over, but he's very loyal. Well, no. I, I wouldn't groan no, when no, he No, no, not him personally, yeah. but just in yeah. general. Your own personal Jar Jar. Yes. Yeah, no, I honestly, I've thought about it and thought about it. And as I watch children watch it, now I mean like children like 8, 9, 10. I'm yeah. talking about young, yeah, yeah. two- or three-year-old children. It, he, I feel like it was put in there so that grown-ups could watch this with their kids and their kids be entertained. And it's like having a Jar Jar babysitter while you're watching a film that you want to see. Unfortunately, it sucks the adults out of the film. Yes. All right, let's take a small break. And we will return, and we will talk about Age of Ultron and (laughs) other series that have finally wrapped up for this season. All right, we'll be back. Hi, this is Tim Russ from Star Trek Voyager and iCarly, and you're listening to Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Secret lair on Skullcrusher Mountain 
Welcome back to Dungeon Crawlers Radio. That was Jonathan Colton and Skull Crusher Mountain. 
Very slow. But we crushed someone's skull. Something like that. Anyways, welcome back. So uh, now we're going to talk about some fun stuff. We just wrapped it up with uh, Geek News. Earlier we talked with uh, Sean Carmen of Thunderscape talking about uh, their campaign setting and, uh, and more. So, well, are you guys back? Yeah, we are back. All righty. So, what more shall we talk about? There's so much to talk about and so little time left. We've got about 13 minutes. So, well, Age of Ultron. Oh, Can we start there? Oh, awesome. So, second movie, we have the team back together. Was it, did it meet your expectations or did you feel let down? Okay, for the Avenger, as far as the movie as a whole, mm-hmm. I think the the first Avenger movie was way better. But okay. as a continuation of the story, I thought they did it really well. Okay. And Zavart? You know, I really enjoyed it. I've seen it twice. Um, I was really excited the first time. The second time, I was like, this is good. But I almost agree with Scott. I think the first one was more exciting. It might just because they were getting together for the first time. Um, I don't know. I was a little disappointed in Ultron. He is this massive, powerful character in the Marvel Universe, and he just didn't seem to be as evil as I think he should have been. Okay. Well, I mean, I think they did a great job uh, making him, because, I mean, well, he was pretty brand new, uh, let's fit in the movie. So, you know, in the the comic book series, he had time to build up his power. So I think that's why Ultron was so massively powerful. Uh, besides the fact you, it's also a movie and you have to make it so that you can defeat your bad guy. You can't make it overly powerful and he has to wrap it up. Um, and I think they did a great job by making it, bringing in Vision to do so. Um, yeah. Which was really cool seeing Vision show up, um, as well as you know at the very end of the movie. And you know when I saw New Avengers headquarters, I knew exactly what was happening at that point, and we're moving into the New Avengers movie. Um, so if no one caught that big Easter egg, there's going to be a New Avengers movie, which will have Captain America, Black Widow heading up uh, the New Avengers team, which is awesome and exciting. Um, so what did what did you guys think of? Uh, Quicksilver and uh, the Scarlet Witch. Okay, how how far can we go, go in talking? I mean, yeah. it's only been out for two and a half weeks, man. I still well, think they're well, really. Well, we're not going to say anything that happens. Uh huh. But I will say I loved Scarlet Witch. Brought a really dark and creepy aspect to the film. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad I didn't take my kids to it before I saw it yeah. because honestly, it was. It was a it was a lot darker than I thought it was going to be, okay. but I loved it. I love what she brought to it. I wasn't really sure of the actress because those two were in there with, in Godzilla together. I know that I mean, it was like throwing me off too because they were husband and wife in Godzilla. I'm like, I didn't uh, like their chemistry in Godzilla, but I like their chemistry kick-ass. much. Yeah, he's yeah. kickass, and Which, like, yeah, yeah, it was much better. I felt like their chemistry was much. better better as sister and brother than, than it was wife, as yeah. husband and wife. Well, to be honest, you didn't really see them as husband and wife. No, they, never got they together. just look like yeah. two kids yeah. with a kid. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and a lot of people don't, I don't know if they realize this, but uh, 
the gal that plays the Scarlet Witch is actually Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen's little sister. Right. Um, what? Yeah. What? Yeah. Do you see? Yep. It? Do you see it? Yeah, that's that is uh, their no. little sister. I don't know. I hated Quicksilver um, at the beginning because I'll be honest with you, I loved Evan Peters as Quicksilver. Mm-hmm. I thought he was really funny. I loved his attitude. Um, and so it was kind of hard for me, which is funny enough mm-hmm. because they're like I yeah. said last week, they're both they're both from Kickass. They're both from the first Kickass. Um, this Quicksilver was the main guy, yeah. and then Evan Peters, who is also from American Horror Story, was his best friend in the first one. They replaced him in the second one with another kid. But you know, I really liked him. I really liked Evan Peters in the X Men mm-hmm. version. It took me a while to enjoy this Quicksilver, but it's a very end. I, I loved him. I thought he was funny. I He had all the qualities that I really enjoyed mm-hmm. um, about Quicksilver. And so, yeah, in the end, I think he was a he was a good Quicksilver. Nice. So what are you guys' thoughts on the fact that he, uh, that they are not mutants? Um, I'm okay with safe. that. I mean, yeah. they can't really bring in Magneto because they don't have the rights to it. So huh. if they want to bring in those characters, they have to do something to mess it up, and and I think it worked okay. Well, to be honest, I, and I I found a loophole, really, because you know if you notice that they're talking about their mother and their father, but you know in the comic books for the longest time they didn't know Magneto was their father. Right. So yeah, the person that died could be their stepfather. So if they do bring somehow, you know. Marvel regains control of X-Men because Fo- uh, it's Fox that owns X-Men. Yeah. Um, so that's why they couldn't tie that in. If they ever get control, there's a real easy explanation. Now, the only problem is we have another Quicksilver. Yeah. So we're just going to have to live with the fact that the X-Men universe doesn't exist in Which the Marvel. Which Quicksilver did you like better? Um, I couldn't stand him. I really couldn't. I, Either I really, one? No, I like the Quicksilver in... Um, Days of Future Past. Okay, me too. Evan Peters. Did I was amazing job. Uh, when something happened to Quicksilver, I was actually kind of excited. Really? Because <laughs> I'm like, yes. I died a little. I inside. don't have to see him in New Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> I died. <laughs> yeah, because I, I I just can't get past. I don't like that actor. Well, yeah. And he he didn't do that great of a job. I hated the accent. And it was the really accent annoying. was. I, was I, I I think. The Scarlet Witch's accent Hers was, was much great. better. Oh, His yeah. was like bad. Yeah. yeah. Um I really liked uh Ultron. Um he oh, did yeah. a, did an, a brilliant brilliant job doing the voice over at work for that. Uh um, had told me that Stargate was going to be Ultron. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Well, if you see see and I've been watching Blacklist, which he's yes. in that and he yeah. does a great job. And as, when as I when I started watching Blacklist and they announced him in the new yeah. Avengers, I was like, "Oh, yeah. He's the sc- the scariest bad guy to me is a calm and collected, smart, intelligent." Oh yeah. You know, it's it's it, yeah, I love it. So my wife and I, we've been watching Blacklist, and when she saw this Ultron, she's like, "It walks like him. His facial features when he talks <laughs> looks like him." I know. She's like, it's yeah, really cool to see him as a robot. So yep. No, they did a great job mapping out his face so that it looked like him. Um, and I mean, overall, I think they did a great job. Um, Are we allowed to talk about Jarvis at all? Uh, well, that's kind of a, a big 
thing. But okay. go ahead if you want no, to. No, I just wanted to say I thought it was really funny yeah. to me that he, the actor that is Jarvis's voice, had never seen any of the Iron Man. Oh yeah. Before ever, he's never watched any of them. Yeah. And he's so it's the voice work. Yeah, and so I thought it was I thought it was really cool. Um, no, I, I think they did a brilliant job yeah. using him for Vision. Um, I don't like the new uh, operating system. No, I don't. I'm like, Jarvis, yeah. <laughs> come back. Um, but so we'll have to see what happens. But cool. now that Jarvis yeah. is, I'm just going to throw it out, is Vision, yeah. really. Um, and Vision's a really cool character. Well, I'd like to see what they do with him. I think we're giving out a lot of spoilers here, but at the same time, if you know who Vision is and you haven't seen Avengers yet, you're not, come on. You're not going to know. Come on, get get your nerd on. Go yeah. see, <laughs> you should have seen it by now. Go see it. Go, but, go, go, go. But yeah, no, it's an, it, I loved it. I thought it was really cool the, that they brought the actor in. Oh, no, I thought, I thought it was great using the same actor. Um, you think he's watched him now? He better. He's never seen Iron Man, any uh, of the Avengers. It, it's either. really tough, though, because <laughs> um, I, I just keep seeing him as Chaucer, Chaucer from uh, The Night's Tale. Uh, when he's walking yeah, butt naked, naked down the street. When he's walking butt naked. Yeah, because yeah. his, his outfit is pretty skin tight. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm glad you're wearing a cape, dude, <laughs> this time oh around. Um, <laughs> but seriously, I love the whole scene where everyone's arguing, you know, should, should we should we do what he says? I mean, blah blah blah, and they're just arguing, and he just hands the hammer over to Thor, and it was like, okay, <laughs> pick it up. Yeah, and he just yeah let's go with right him. <laughs> but they're you know, comparing them to an elevator. Of, yeah, and <laughs> Thor just kind of shrugs, like he's like, well, um, right. he just wielded my hammer. I'm going. <laughs> the best movie, Captain America was it's trying just, to pick it his he moved it a little and bit. Thor's face. Oh my god, yeah. he was like, oh. Crap. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure Cap could have picked it up. Oh, I think so. I think he felt it move, and he's like, okay, that's all I needed to know. Yeah. And then, and then he left off, because oh, you yeah. see Thor's face go like, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> because out of everyone, I think... In Captain the comic America, book, it's Cap is ready to weld Melnor. Yeah, he has. In the comic book, he's welded it before. And I, I honestly believe that's what it was. He felt it move, and he's like, okay... I don't need to know anymore. Right. Well, and I mean, out of everyone, everyone else he has, paid. I feel like he has the most honorable intentions oh, yeah. out of everyone. Exactly. Yeah. It would go against his character to do that to someone in that status. Yep. Yeah. To take someone's power away. Absolutely. He's, yeah. Well, and he doesn't even really want his power, to be honest. No. You know, that's that's one thing that about Captain America. He is, would have been fine being in the front line as a scrawny four foot nothing. Oh, yeah. You know. You know. He he sees his power as a responsibility, and it's not, oh hey, I'm this, you know, I'm not t- like Tony Stark. Look at Tony Stark. It's like, look at me, I'm big old flashy. And, and Captain America is just like he's kind of that quiet guy in right. the background that does what he needs to because he has to. Um, There's something wrong with the stars and stripes. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, and I, I have to say, I love it how they, you know, the irony and the the, the humor in their way, you know, where at the very beginning. You know, Captain America says language. Yeah. And then they did yeah. yeah. like, about it. Well, the the Sorry, yeah. <laughs> and everybody tortures him about it. Yeah. Such a good guy. So, all right. Well, we're we are out of time for this show, folks. Uh, tune in next week uh, when we have Warhaven coming on, talking about their new game. 
that's out there. This is one show you're not going to miss, as well as we do have a show on, on Tuesday nights as well as Thursdays. On Tuesday nights, we'll also have our epic showdown, geek news, and lots more. Uh, you'll also be able to catch other interviews as well. So uh, stay tuned for that, and we will catch you next week. Is there anything else we need to say before we leave? Nope, just geek on. Yeah, keep it nerdy, guys. Geek All right. Um, we are, we are, I'm just going to say this, we're months away from Sully Comic-Con, so uh, we'll be doing some fun stuff there. Um, I'll actually be at Conduit this weekend, uh, sitting on some panels and uh, running some games with uh, James Wymore and a few other uh, authors and things like that. So if you're in the Salt Lake area, uh, run down to uh, Conduit and check it out. It's super fun and lots of fun, and uh, we're just going to keep going. Got tons of great interviews on their way. So uh, we will catch you next week. Have a good one. Yeah. Good night.